This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to Innovation in Compliance. In this podcast series, I will bring you interviews with some of the leading experts who are changing the way practitioners approach compliance. Although the name compliance is in the title, it's really about innovation. And I wanted to drive the conversation about innovation in compliance into the 2030s and beyond with a focus on innovations for the compliance practitioner and the compliance professional. You want to learn how to bring your business into an innovative state and more innovative business solutions for compliance problems, issues, and concerns. This is the podcast for you. Innovation and Compliance is a production of Compliance Podcast Network. Today I'm joined by Chris Lehman. Chris is the CEO at Safeguard Cyber. Chris spoke at Compliance Week with one of the most compelling presentations on how to deal with ephemeral messaging from a compliance perspective. And I asked him if he'd come on the podcast and explore that with me, and he agreed to do so. This is a very important episode. I know you'll enjoy it. Episode, and you're in for a treat today as I have Chris Lehman. Chris, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Tom. Thank you. Chris, what is, or could you tell us your professional background and what you're up to these days? Sure. I'm the CEO of Safeguard Cyber, and I'm somebody who's been in the technology business for well over, coming on 25 years now. And for the last 10 years, I've been involved with security and compliance companies, but I go back about 20 years working in regulated industries where a lot of, there's a big focus on compliance solutions. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at Safeguard Cyber now. I joined here back in January of last year. So could you tell us a little bit more about Safeguard Cyber? Safeguard Cyber is a compliance and security company that focuses on securing and making sure that digital communications are compliant. If you think about the world and how it's changed over the last, certainly the last decade started before that, really with the popularity of the smartphone, the way we communicate now is dramatically different than we did before. It used to be that digital communications were really limited to email and maybe some internal applications. But with the popularity of the smartphone, a lot of uh, folks embracing a lot of very popular cloud-based applications and different apps that they have on their phone, the way we communicate in our personal lives, but also in business has changed dramatically. The data really backs this up. We know that 45% of all business communication now takes place outside of email. It's happening in collaboration channels like Slack and Microsoft Teams. It's happening in mobile messaging apps like WhatsApp or Telegram or Line, SMS and iMessage. It's happening in social channels like LinkedIn. And the problem that this has created for companies, enterprises, and regulators is that by and large, corporations haven't really put the controls in place in these new communication channels that corporations employees are using the way they have in the channels like email. And it's created a real vulnerability. And 
you combine the fact that we're communicating in new ways with one of the core beliefs of Safeguard Cyber, which is that the human is the biggest risk or variable in any compliance strategy. And you've really got a recipe for, for problems. So that's the problem that we're helping enterprises solve. It's giving them the technology that they need to allow their employees to communicate in new ways, but to do it in a compliant fashion. And could I overlay the regulators at this point? Because certainly in the regulated industries, the Securities and Exchange Commission made a very strong statement in 2021, even leading to what I call the billion-dollar fine month mm. of September 20, 2022, I should say. But even the, now the Department of Justice, speaking to non-regulated industries, public, U.S. public companies and private companies have put out a consistent message that there needs to be compliance around these, there needs to be good corporate governance, and that companies need to get a handle on this. Who are your primary customers or maybe what primary industries is Safeguard Cyber in? It is in the regulated industry. So financial services, banks, as well as life sciences companies are really leading the way in terms of putting solutions in place to address these challenges. As you mentioned, Tom, the fact that over a billion dollars worth of fines were handed out by the SEC to, I believe it was 16 banks in 2021, 2022, really caught a lot of people's attention. And this is no longer a problem that the compliance team can ignore because the regulators aren't ignoring it. And it was interesting. I was at a conference last week and I sat down with a couple of bankers and Literally, when you sit down for a meeting and somebody will put their cell phone on the table, both of these gentlemen sat down and they both put down two phones and they were identical iPhones. One was for their personal use. One was for their, for their business use. And I said, guys, I'm so glad that we're meeting today. And you've just given me these great examples of, of why corporations are doing this the wrong way. We're taking steps backward. Corporations, enterprises, are their knee-jerk reaction is to just issue new phones and devices to people because that is a device that the corporation can more easily control. But we've made so much progress from an efficiency and a productivity standpoint with initiatives like Bring Your Own Device or BYOD. And now corporations are taking this massive step backwards. And one of the messages that we try and send is that you don't have to do that. You can allow your employees to be agile, to be innovative, to engage with customers, prospects, and fellow coworkers in new ways and in new channels, but to do it in a compliant fashion. And it's really a matter of us getting the word out and making sure that businesses understand that the technology exists to allow them to be compliant. One of the reasons I was so excited to have you come on this podcast, Chris, is the message I've heard from Safeguard Cyber, which is, yes, this is new. It's a risk. And it's just like any other risk. It may be more technologically sophisticated, but it's a risk. So why don't we treat it as a risk? And that's the presentation you make, which is, guys and gals, this is a risk. So let's think through how we would manage a risk. So could you walk us through sort of the risk management process around digital compliance or even instant messaging compliance, if I can go mm -hmm. that far down into the weeds? 
Sure. Taking a step back, as with anything, it's a people process and a technology solution. And corporations and enterprises need to step back. They need to understand the risks and the regulations that they need to comply with. And then they need to put policy in place and establish that policy. They need to train their people so that they understand how to comply. And then they need to put the tools and technology in place uh, to allow them to continue to do business, but in a compliant manner. At Safeguard Cyber, every industry is different. In banking and in healthcare and regulated, or excuse me, life sciences, the first step is creating visibility into the tools that your employees are using. Tom, when you talk about managing risk and looking at this as a risk-based problem, I don't believe you can manage any risk if you don't have visibility into it. Everything starts with visibility. And then depending upon the industry that you're in, the, the regulation that you're trying to comply with, you can make determinations around what level of flexibility you're going to provide to your employees. But you can't do that without starting with acknowledging that your employees are communicating in new ways and they're using new tools. And then from there, deciding how locked down you want to be, for example. We speak to some enterprises who want to try and control every message that their employees send outside of the four walls of their corporation with things like templates. So you can only communicate with this template. But candidly, sales organizations, the business people just can't stand that idea. And this is where you oftentimes get this friction between the line of business and compliance teams. And I'm a big believer that compliance teams want to be enablers. They want to support and be strategic partners to lines of business. And they're able to do that now. They don't have to be the party of no, so to speak. But it all starts with visibility. And what we do is give them visibility into these applications that their employees are using and then enable them to make decisions around how much freedom and flexibility they give their employees. One end of the spectrum would be you can use these new applications like a WhatsApp or a Telegram or a Line or SMS, but you can only send pre-scripted messages. I think that's pretty onerous. And we come from a place that, that believes and the technology enables this to allow your employees to communicate, but be able to flag if you're, if you're understanding or hearing or observing something that's non-compliant. For example, in the financial services industry, promissory language is a big no-no. You can't make a guarantee about what kind of return your a customer is going to get on an investment that they make. You need the ability to be able to flag that kind of thing almost in real time so that you can go in and, and take corrective action and clarify. In life sciences, there's this concept of off-label promotion. Off-label promotion is the concept of, of a, one of your salespeople positioning the use of a drug for something other than what it was approved to be used for by the FDA. There's some, I won't mention the customer's name, but one of the very large, one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies has this drug, which is great for diabetes. Oh, by the way, they've figured out that it's also amazing at helping people lose weight, but it's not been approved by the FDA for weight loss. So you have to make sure that 
the salesperson is only positioning the use of that drug with the healthcare provider or doctor for what it's been approved for, treating diabetes. But managing risk comes down to making decisions, getting visibility into what your employees are using, acknowledging it, and then putting the controls in place. Chris, let me see if I can translate that into a little compliance speak. So we would say every organization must identify their risk. As a solo lawyer, I do not have an instant messaging app risk, but other organizations might. Once you identify the risk, you assess that risk. And from that assessment, you put a risk management strategy in place. That could include policies and procedures. It certainly could include a technological solution. Whatever strategy you put in place, you monitor that strategy to determine its effectiveness. And at that point, you have enough information to move to continuous improvement, whether that be a new tech solution, greater tech, whether it be greater education, whether it be more in-depth policies, less in-depth policies. And so when I heard you talk, that's the process I heard in my head. Mm. And that is how we manage every risk. And that's when it dawned on me, you got the answer. And that answer is, it's a risk. Let's manage it. And if I could tie that back into the 2021-2022 SEC enforcement actions, is we all had our eyes pop open the total size of the fines. But what many of us missed, including me, was almost every one of those banks had policies and procedures in place to manage this risk. You may disagree with their strategy, but they had one in place, but they didn't train on it. The managers over those policies didn't follow it, so the employees didn't follow it. So we had an immediate breakdown of a risk management strategy. And I think what got the SEC so excised was they had a policy and the banks weren't following it. And that was the other thing I got out of your message, which was that's one part of the process to manage this risk. So when you say that message to your customers, your clients or potential clients, do they understand people process technologies? There is a solution. They don't always understand that there's answers and solutions today. So I'll start there. Tom, what I think you're touching on, and this is sensitive, candidly, but I'll say it, plausible deniability is no longer an acceptable strategy. When, you know, a compliance team, a legal team basically says, we've done our job, we've put our policies in place, we've set the rules, we've trained our employees. If they choose not to follow it, there's nothing we can do about that. And the corporation just can't wash their hands. I think to your point, the SEC's message was uh, it's plausible deniability is no longer acceptable. You now need to enforce this and we're going to hold you accountable if you do not. And this is why people are really starting to take action. And again, I just don't see this trend slowing down. I think that plausible deniability is no longer acceptable. The industry gets that. They're starting to understand that technologies exist that allow them to be a partner to the lines of business and their employees without being overly onerous and and allow them to stay compliant and to do the right thing. Could you talk a little bit about the safeguard cyber tech solution and how that can be a part of this overall strategy? Sure. As I mentioned, we monitor digital communication channels. So that's email, collaboration, messaging, 
social media channels. We have over 30 different channels that we integrate to. Uh, we are an API first based technology. And what that means is that it's very easy to deploy. We can literally be up and running and managing and monitoring communication channel in under five minutes. So very easy to deploy. We start with visibility and give you the visibility into these communication channels. Uh, it's an opt-in based model. So the employee is sent a QR code on, for that particular application. They need to accept the invitation to be monitored. And from there, we provide disclosure of the fact that the conversations are now going to be monitored or archived. And then we have the ability to start to look for sensitive information or to ensure that the compliance rules and business policies that the corporation has uh, or the regulatory body has created are followed, right? So we can flag when promissory language is used. We can flag when somebody starts to position a drug for something other than what it was meant to be. So it's based on something called natural language understanding technology. And some people are now becoming more and more familiar with natural language understanding technology because of the popularity and awareness around ChatGPT. So ChatGPT is based on something called large language model technology. And that is natural language understanding or NLU, natural language processing, NLP, is the, the foundation of large language model technology, which is becoming so well known because of the popularity of ChatGPT. And it's basically the ability for technology to understand the conversation that's being had in, in text format. So we base our technology on, on, on large language model technologies. We monitor these communication channels and the combination of those things with your business and or regulatory policies being built into our analysis engine allow you to stay compliant. Chris, where do you see this down the road in 2030, both in terms of digital compliance, but perhaps even digital governance? Again, I think, I believe that the trends are really hard to reverse. The trend is going to be increased regulatory oversight. So I don't see this going away. My hope, Tom, is that by 2030, we break down the walls and the, uh, that sometimes exist between the line of business and compliance teams. And we do that by better understanding their objectives, but enabling them to do it in a compliant fashion. Put up guardrails. Give the line of business, the sales team, the marketing team, the services team, the ability to engage but make sure there's guardrails in place so that they don't swerve outside of the lines and get themselves or the business in trouble. And because the technology is moving so fast and we have the ability to get visibility into all these applications, mobile messaging, text messaging applications that are being used, the technology is there now. So to me, it's really more of an awareness game that we're going to be playing over the next few years and then getting these technologies installed. You know, my experience, Tom, is that employees are not deliberately trying to swerve outside of the lines. They want to do the right thing. And technology gives us the ability to help them stay within their lane and the guardrails that the business and the rules that the business needs to follow. But it's an awareness issue that the, the technology is there. 
but the oversight is just going to increase. Chris, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, any of the topics we've touched on, or Safeguard Cyber, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Thanks, Tom. Our website's a great place to get information. You can go to safeguardcyber.com. Certainly, any of your listeners can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Chris Lehman, and be happy to arrange a conversation with them, with myself or one of our salespeople to help them better understand what our technology is capable of and how we can help them become a more secure and compliant enterprise. Chris, I wanted to thank you again, and I hope we can continue this conversation. I would love that. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Innovation and Compliance. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. If you are innovative or you have an innovative idea around compliance, give me a shout at tfox at tfoxlaw.com or you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'd love to talk to you about being a guest on the Innovation and Compliance Podcast. The Innovation and Compliance Podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. 